Lured listeners, would you like a free audiobook? Follow us on Twitter at the KMQ. Tag us in a tweet and let us know that you would like a free copy of Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 6, and we'll get a download code to you right away. If you don't have a Twitter account, feel free to email us at thekissmequicks at gmail.com and let us know that you'd like a copy of Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 6. Mm-hmm. Eroticism is important. It influences and energizes our entire human experience. Eroticism isn't sex. It's sexuality transformed by our imaginations. We encourage lured listeners to cultivate eroticism, to play with it, smack it, and rub it down. We want you to enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. You are entitled to your sexual self. This show is for adults only and contains erotic stories that sometimes feature provocative characters and intense themes and situations, spanning many literary genres including action-adventure, science fiction, romance, horror, fantasy, and paranormal. Please, listen responsibly. Hey, hey, Lord listeners, welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. This is your host, Rose Carraway, and joining me in the studio once again, as always, <laughs> with his, his nipples, his big daddy, Dave Carraway. Say hey, big daddy. Nipples. <laughs> You've got nipples on the brain? I don't what? know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to assume so. <laughs> well... Today's story may have nipples in it. I don't remember if they got exposed. Well, no, I know that there's two sets of nipples in this story, (laughs) but I cannot recall if they got exposed. (laughs) I don't remember if they get completely naked or not. I do remember, though, it's a hot-ass biker club story. And, I mean, we're all about that, right? A little leather. Totally. It's like, yeah. Today's story is from Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 6, edited by Rachel Kramer Bussell and written by Katrina Jackson. It is titled Easy Ride. And this is another one. I think so. I think part of what was fun was that I got to do a little North Carolina accent, and I think Big Daddy really enjoyed that one too. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I think we should give a special shout out to, before we get to our story. Nipples. I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? (laughs) Oh my God. You're not going to let me get through this. Nipples. I want to give a special shout out to, um, we've we've gotten several new Twitter followers recently. um, And we just want to say thank you and welcome. Um, The reason why we kind of push follow us on Twitter more than Facebook. Like, I don't think we ever really Mm -hmm. mention Facebook. so, we're yeah, out the door on Facebook. Hit that. I mean, we're we got two feet out it's, the door. Our tails are still in, but <laughs> the people are great. The problem with Facebook mm-hmm. is you don't feel wanted. We don't feel wanted on Facebook. By right? Facebook. By Facebook. Not by the people. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they, most the, of the people. Yeah, the most of the people. Like by a long shot, most of the people are great. But they're not hip to what we're doing. They're not sex friendly, really. No, they're, they're not, not. erotica friendly. No. Um, they like to, you know. They just, they they hold you back. And Twitter is uh, more free. Not perfect, uh, but they're way less likely to censor you. 
So they make it very easy through their app system to switch. So you can, you know, if your name is, you know, Billy Bob Thornton or whatever. <laughs> I don't know why I went there with him, but if your name is whatever it is, you can change it to, you know, Tom Jones or whatever, whatever wow. you want it to be. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. So, um, hey, thanks all you Twitter followers. And if you are listening, you lovely Lord listener, and you already have a Twitter account and you don't want, you know, KMQ stuff in your in that uh, timeline, feel free to create a, mm-hmm. an alternate, a little alter ego yeah. account, if you will, and uh, follow us there. And um, we get it. Yeah, we expect it. So, yeah. and we have fun with it. So, yeah. um, you should too. All right. Before we get to our story, how about I tell you about our latest audiobook? If you're looking for your next sexy listen, Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 6, is sure to heat things up. These 20 adventure-themed stories will take you around the globe as you meet characters eager to indulge their sensual sides. Whether a single mom having a hot vacation fling, a vegetarian lusting after a hunky butcher, a couple visiting a kinky escape room, or a divorcee hitting up a motorcycle club and going on an easy ride, these characters say yes to their most daring desires. Women who've been told they're too much discover the joy of asking for more, and more, and more. And getting it, these erotic tales bear all. Enjoy women's sexual fantasies come to life. Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 6. This best-selling series will make your heart race with excitement. Available at Audible, Amazon, and iTunes. And now, Easy Ride by Katrina Jackson. divorce papers 402 days ago. My therapist says I'll stop counting the days eventually. I don't know that I believe her, but I've only been seeing her for 90 days, so I'm trying to remain optimistic. Besides, I just need someone to talk to now that I'm alone. When I applied to be the new associate dean of liberal arts at East Bay Community College, I only wanted to get away from my ex-husband and his new wife, my former best friend. I wanted to be somewhere where no one had ever known me as Mrs. Neil Kent. That's how people used to introduce me at the boring society dinners where Neil hung me from his arm, in clothes he'd chosen for me, a hairstyle he'd criticized me into adjusting, and makeup he didn't like but assured me I needed. I wasted years of my life at events he'd never have taken Carla to, because she was too loud, her clothes too garish, and her personality just too much— At least that's how he'd always described her to me. I used to be too much. When Neil and I first met, I had passions. 
I used to blare my music at four in the morning and dance while I cleaned my kitchen in my underwear. I loved wearing prints and bright colors. I laughed loudly and incessantly. I don't want to sound arrogant, although my therapist says self-esteem isn't arrogance, but I used to be great. Then Neil got a job at a prestigious investment firm and everything changed. I became a husk of myself, a pretty mannequin for him to show off. I didn't recognize what had happened to me until I was running barefoot down our quiet street after walking in on my husband and best friend fucking in my bed. That was 476 days ago, and even though I now live 2,769 miles away, sometimes I still wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, haunted by the sound of their laughter and moans. I've mostly scrubbed the images from my brain, but I can't seem to exercise the sounds. So I see my therapist twice a week, hoping that she's right, and one day I will move on. One day I'll laugh loudly again. One day I won't stand in front of the mirror and hear Neil's voice in my head saying, You're wearing that? I won't remember Carla laughing at me. Of course Neil's not cheating on you. One day I'll like who I am again. But it's only been 402 days since I stopped being Tisha Kent and started trying to figure out who Tisha Freeman had become. I haven't been her since I was 22, and she feels like a stranger. I remember that 22-year-old Tisha was delightfully impulsive. She'd definitely have snatched a flyer from the campus community events board for a community fundraiser and get-together at the Oakland Footman's Motorcycle Clubhouse. She'd have put on something tight and short and gone to the party because why not? But I'm not that girl anymore. I can rattle off all the reasons why not without thinking. Still, I keep that flyer in my purse. It's a laden reminder of who I used to be. On Friday night, I leave campus at exactly five o'clock. I drive home, certain that tonight will be like most nights since I left Neil. I'll have a frozen pizza, a glass of wine, and a good cry on the couch. But when I drop my purse on the table by the door, it topples over, and the footman logo, a tiny motorcyclist under a raised fist, stares up at me like a challenge. I decide to take it. Instead of going to the kitchen and opening the freezer, I carry that flyer to my bedroom and throw my closet open. I have to dig to unearth a sparkly rose gold cocktail dress I bought four years ago but never wore. Neil thought it was too loud, too tight, too short. I slip it on and find that he was right. It's perfect. Then I pull every shoebox from my closet until I find the brand new pair of Perspex peep toe heels a post-divorce gift from my cousin because she knew Neil would have hated them. I sit down at my vanity to do my makeup. I look at myself and know that I want more because Neil always wanted less. Less foundation, less eyeshadow, nude lipstick, less me. I fight through that conditioning with shaking hands as I brush and blend the creams and powders over my skin. It takes three tries to lay down the thick line of winged eyeliner I used to love. I put on more coats of mascara than layers of clothes on my body, and I swipe a matte, dark plum lipstick on my lips that accentuates their full curves. It's not as much or as perfect as 22-year-old Tisha preferred, but it's far more than Tisha Kent had been allowed. I call an Uber and sit on my front porch lest I change my mind while I wait. I clutch my purse in my lap as the driver takes me to the wrong side of town. 
the side of town that hasn't been gentrified yet, where there are still trash-filled lots stocked by feral cats. The side of town my well-meaning white colleague suggested I avoid when house hunting. I stand in front of a warehouse surrounded by a tall chain-link fence, take a deep breath, and then rush forward as I push the air from my lungs. I hand over the $20 donation entrance fee and let the bouncer stamp my hand with the footman insignia, flinching, not at his touch, but at the tangible proof that I'm here, that I did this. And then I step into a room full of as much leather as those society events had been draped with silk. I expected a motorcycle clubhouse to smell like stale beer, cigarette smoke, and engine oil, and I'm almost right. The beer, at least, smells fresh, and the smoke drifting into the rafters isn't from cigarettes. The backlit bar illuminates the low, round tables in front of me, while soft spotlights make the dance floor across the room seem mysterious and sexy. Al Green plays over the speakers, his gentle rasp a sharp contrast to the bar full of men covered in leather and jeans. You look lost, someone says, and I jump. The voice isn't too deep or too high-pitched, but it is smooth and playful. I think that's what catches me off guard. Neil had always been so serious. He'd critiqued every ounce of silly from me. I might be, I say in a shaky voice, wondering at this impulsive decision as I look up at this stranger. Even in my heels, he towers over me with broad shoulders and a smirk and dark, intense eyes. I should shrink from him, but I don't. When he invades my personal space, I swear I can feel his warmth touching all the bare skin I've left exposed. I lean into it. His face is half covered in a dark beard that makes him look dangerous. But when he smiles, I see a toothpick between his teeth. My sex clenches. Facial hair isn't usually my thing, or more accurately, Neil had always been clean-shaven and I'd never known anything else. I still can't help but catalog all the ways he's unlike Neil. My therapist assures me I'll stop doing this too, but not yet. Someone invite you? He asks, his eyes lewdly assessing me from head to toe. I, I saw a flyer on campus. He squints at me and frowns. They card you when you came in here? You don't look like a student. It's only when he says that that I realize I could run into one of my students, and I'm terrified at the possibility. I shouldn't have come. I splutter, and I try to turn. Whoa, whoa, hold on now, he says, grabbing me around the middle. His big palm slides around my hip, holding me still. I didn't mean that in a bad way at all. He says the last two words to my cleavage, his hand flexing on my waist. I'm not a student, I whisper. Good, I'm not into jailbait. And then his eyes shift to mine. Let me give you a tour. Um, he smiles mischievously, that toothpick bobbing. I'm the club's social chair, he says. It's my job to welcome new people, but this would be my pleasure. The way he says that last word is dirty. There's no other way to describe it because he's not trying to hide his lust, and that, more than the toothpick or his hand on me, keeps me from running away. Because Neil never looked at me with such hunger. His hand slides to the small of my back as he turns me toward the room. He walks me around the bar, nodding at people absent-mindedly as we pass, his arm almost possessive around my waist and his hungry gaze locked on mine.
So you haven't been to one of our get-togethers before? I shake my head. What made you come tonight? I, I don't know exactly. I just moved to California, I admit. Where from? North Carolina. His feral smile widens and his fingers gently dig into my hip. My breath catches. That's where you got that sexy-ass accent? He asks with a nod, as if he's answering his own question. I shake my head. It's just my accent. He circles in front of me, and I realize he's walked me to the dance floor. It's sexy, he says definitively as he pulls me against his big, tall body. I don't dance, I splutter, but what I mean is that Neil hated dancing, so I stopped. So what, you paid the cover charge just to look? He asks with a raised eyebrow. My mouth opens and closes. His upper lip quirks up and he smiles. I don't know why I came, I say again. He nods and begins to move me side to side in a gentle sway. We do these dances every couple months to raise money for the local elementary school. The money's for the kids, but the dances are for grown folks. So if you need to make yourself feel good, just say you came to give back. The song changes to Smokey's cruising, and the near-empty dance floor fills suddenly, the crowd pressing me to him as his hand pulls me even closer. My already warm skin heats. The tips of his fingers softly touch my wrist, making my breath hitch. His hand moves up my bare arm. His short nails gently scrape over my shoulder. I gasp as his fingers trace my collarbone. That touch is more intimate than anything I've felt in years, maybe ever. I grab his wrist with one hand while the other flies to his belt. I hold on tight. He smiles as if he likes my nervous touch on him. We're so close that I feel the low rumble of his laughter in the pit of my stomach. It joins the butterflies going batshit inside me as his thumb moves over my chin and plays at the curve of my bottom lip. I've never felt anything like his body against mine. Everywhere he touches me is like sensory overload. His stiff jeans scratch my thighs, hard where I'm soft. His vest is so smooth. My nipples tighten as I imagine myself naked, writhing against all that well-worn leather. I hardly know who I am at that thought, but I like it. He moves my hand from his belt to his chest, right onto that vest, and holds it there, inviting me to touch him if I want. I want. I didn't come to give back, I whisper that admission as he guides me in a circle to the beat. That's cool. The kids appreciate your money anyway, he says with a smile and a shrug. But I do want to feel good, I say, and then I swallow, shocked at myself. I feel his laughter again. How good, he asks me, pressing his leg between my thighs and squeezing my ass cheek in his rough hand. I moan, long and slow, and then grind against his thigh. We shouldn't, I gasp, even though I already am. Who's gonna stop us, he asks, and helps me dry hump his leg. I'm wet. Someone might see, I whisper. Who cares, he laughs. Who cares? I wonder at that for a second. My therapist once asked me what hurt worse, my husband's betrayal, my best friend's betrayal, or knowing that everybody would know about it. I told her that it was Carla's betrayal that cut the deepest, but that wasn't accurate. 
The painful truth I'd been hiding for months was that the idea of seeing pity in the eyes of the other society wives had near crippled me emotionally, so I signed the divorce papers and ran. Who cares? Me. I used to care so much. But as I let the stranger grind me against his stiff jeans and growing erection, I stopped caring who'll see me and focus on how good his belt buckle feels digging into my stomach. As I suck my bottom lip into my mouth, I feel his low, guttural growl reverberate in my chest. My sex quivers. I haven't been with anyone besides Neil in over a decade. But as I stare up at this man, shuddering in his arms, I decide that I'm not leaving this party until I've put my pussy directly on his beard. And the way he's looking at me, I think he's in full agreement with that plan. Let me buy you a drink, he rasps in the seconds of silence after the song ends. I want to tell him that I'm not thirsty, not for anything he could buy at the bar at least. But I nod and let him lead me away, hoping the short walk will clear my head. It doesn't. At the bar, I grip the polished wood under my hands and swallow a moan as he settles behind me. His hips press into my ass as I feel his mouth at my right ear. His big hands land on the bar next to mine. His thick fingers are adorned with heavy steel rings on his thumbs and one on his right pinky. I wonder what they'll feel like on my naked body. He chuckles into my ear as if he knows what I'm thinking. I shudder from my scalp to deep inside my sex. What do you want? He asks me. Is this in your job description as social chair? I ask, instead of answering, pushing my ass back at him. His hips press forward to meet me. It's not forbidden in the job description. Let's focus on that. His laugh is a sexy rumble. I laugh, but it sounds like a moan. Thankfully, none of the people around us at the bar seem to notice. And maybe he's right. Who cares? We begin to move together to the slow rhythm of the music, his erection growing bigger and harder, my panties wetter, my mouth drier, his breath harsher in my ear. For a few blissful moments, I don't think about Neil or Carla. I'm not counting the seconds, minutes, or days because my mind's not running the show. My body is. What can I get you, Easy? The bartender asks, knocking on the bar to get our attention. He lifts his mouth from my ear, but his erection is still grinding into my ass, his heartbeat pounding against my back. Give us a second, Trill, he says. The other man chuckles as he walks away. My face is hot with shame. No one here's gonna judge you, he whispers softly. I turn and make eye contact with him and immediately get lost in the near black pools of his eyes and the dirty smirk on his face. My breath hitches as his right thumb strokes the back of my right hand. Easy, I ask. That small smile grows. Club nickname. And yours is easy? His face moves closer to mine. Short for easy rider, he says, his breath brushing my cheek. He licks his lips. I don't need to know this man to know what this look means. He licks his lips because he wants to lick me. Are you? I ask in a hoarse voice. An easy rider. He smirks, but his gaze hardens. I can be, he says. I turn my head, encouraging him to whisper in my ear again. 
He laughs as his palm flattens against my stomach and pulls me back to him. His lips touch the shell of my ear, lightly caressing the lobe. If that's what the situation calls for, but I can also ride hard if I need to. His tongue grazes my skin. I shiver and moan. Let me finish your tour, he says, roughly turning me from the bar. But when he grabs my hand, his touch and smile are so gentle, it's bewildering. I'm lost in the heady mix of lust and confusion and desire coursing through my veins. I've never known anything could feel like this. I follow him on shaky legs to the back of the clubhouse, where the sounds of the party are muffled, all the music and human chatter transformed into vibrations through the floorboards and up the walls. Or maybe that's just my body quaking in response to the echoes of Easy's heavy steps in the empty hall and his palm pressed to mine. He pushes open another door and ushers me through. I'm expecting a cheap storage room, maybe a cot in the corner, a place where members bring all the women they pick up at these kinds of parties, something sad and pathetic that'll shock me out of this uncharacteristically reckless moment. But the small office seems normal. There's a desk in the corner with an office chair on one side and a couple of hardback chairs on the other, a filing cabinet in another corner, and that's it. He closes the door behind us and locks it. I was expecting something else, I admit, with a small, nervous smile. Let me guess, a dirty rollaway bed and a bowl of condoms? I laugh loud, so loud I shock myself. Something like that, I admit. He grins. We're technically not supposed to fuck in the clubhouse, he says. My body jumps at the word fuck. Neil would never. So you're breaking the rules? He steps closer with that dirty smile back on his face. I expect him to grab me again. I want him to. He doesn't, but he does pin me with his gaze. His eyes travel down my body, and then he begins to move around me, drinking me in with his stare. I shiver. Neil's gaze used to dissect me, but Easy's eyes on me feel like a blanket, a warm covering that holds me together when I want to fly apart. He moves back in front of me and sucks on that toothpick one more time before plucking it from his lips. His smile sharpens, letting me know he's thinking about putting his mouth on me. I've never known a man with such an expressive and open face, and it makes me squirm in the best way. I'm only breaking a few rules, he admits casually, his eyes settling on my hips. I feel like I'm on display for him, as if I put on this dress and did my hair and makeup all for him but you're worth it, he whispers. Those words nearly make my knees buckle. For a decade, Neil's criticisms were reminders that no matter what, I'd never be worthy of him. But seeing myself through someone else's eyes for the first time in so long teaches me something I know I need to talk to my therapist about. Was it possible that while I was shearing off parts of myself to fit into the box Neil had created for me, he was the one who wasn't worthy of me? But that's an exploration for another day. Tonight, I let Easy's firm declaration that I am worthy be true, because I want it to be. I take a deep breath and wait until he raises his eyes to my face. Ask me what I want again. He rubs a hand over his beard and smiles. What do you want, sweetheart? 
I want you on your knees, I whisper, so nervous to say it aloud that my voice shakes. I expect him to react like Neil did at the beginning of our relationship. Every time I tried to express a sexual desire, like to teach him how to get me off, he doesn't. Easy lowers himself to his knees in front of me. No questions, no hesitation. I feel powerful in a way I never could have imagined 400 days ago. He smiles up at me and licks his lips. He knows what's coming. He wants it. And that makes me weak. I take a few shaky steps forward. He grabs the backs of my thighs, his fingers digging into my flesh, supporting me. Do you want to taste me? I ask. I do, he says in a deep growl that makes my sex flutter. I reach down and run my hands through his hair. The strands are soft between my fingers and his eyes close briefly. Go ahead, I whisper. He opens his eyes, watching me as his hands move up my legs. His fingers snake under the hem of my short dress, and he pushes fabric up the curve of my ass. He caresses my left thigh as his other hand grips my right knee. I hold on to him as he lifts my leg over his shoulder. I begin to rethink this position and open my mouth to tell him so, but he stops me. I got you he whispers desperately, sinking back onto his heels as he lifts my leg higher, setting the sole of my shoe onto his shoulder. His eyes leave mine. I watch him smile and lick his lips again as his face moves between my legs. Neil never looked at me like that. When he had to give me oral sex, he crawled under the covers and licked me with a stiff tongue, poking at me like an experiment. He made me feel dirty for wanting it and deficient for needing it. So I stopped asking. He didn't offer, and I never got off. But with a single look, easy makes me so wet I'm nearly ashamed. He runs a finger along the crotch of my underwear and smiles before pulling the scrap of soaked fabric aside. I moan as the cool air hits my wet sacks. He chuckles, the soft gusts of his laughter making my hands flex in his hair. I got you, he says again, but this time against my sex, followed by his tongue. My moan is practically a shout in the quiet office. Easy's wet tongue strokes my lips from clit to opening, swirling at my entrance, teasing me. When his lips cover my clit, I cry out again as I shudder in his hold. He squeezes my ass, pulling me over his face, encouraging me to grind down onto his tongue. The downy hair of his beard is soft. I whine as it rubs against my sex and inner thighs. He licks and sucks at me like a starving man. Oh, God, I groan. He increases the pressure, but not the speed of his tongue, tasting me in unhurried and thorough swipes. Sex with Neil is my barometer, and the bar, he said, was low. But to say that easy is better than Neil would be a disservice. His mouth covers my pussy. His strong hands massage my ass. His beard strokes my thighs. And the vibrations of his moans against my quivering pussy aren't just better. They obliterate even the memory of all the bad sex with Neil in a second of pounding heartbeats. And laugh at the freedom of my coming orgasm as I writhe on his mouth. 
I tighten my grip in his hair and pull. He grunts and groans against my pussy. His legs begin to shake, and I come with a loud moan as I ride Easy's tongue. But he doesn't stop, and the aftershocks of that first orgasm roll through me, building an intensity again. When he sucks my clit into his mouth, I fly all the way apart. It's perfect. I'm only standing because he's still holding me together. On his face. Ah, fuck, stop, I finally whine. He looks up at me with a wet beard and licks his lips. I can't take any more, I admit in panting breaths. We'll see, he says, even as he moves my foot from his shoulder. He holds me at the waist until I can stand on my own. He climbs to his feet and moves me back until my butt hits the desk. Is that all you need? He asks. I quickly shake my head. Do you have condoms? I pant. He dips his head and rubs the back of his neck. I see the smile on his face. We're not supposed to have sex in the clubhouse, he says as he walks to the filing cabinet and opens the bottom drawer. I watch as he pulls out a half-empty bowl of condoms. I laugh. Things happen, he says. Better to be safe than sorry. As Easy walks back to me, I appreciate the way he moves. Again, so unlike Neil. His shoulders are relaxed, his gait long and slow. He's not a man who looks like he's ever been in a hurry or unsure of himself. He walks like he knows who he is and what he has to offer and doesn't need anyone else to validate that. I'm turned on and envious. And then my eyes settle on the front of his jeans and it's my turn to lick my lips. Next time, he laughs, I need to be inside you. I've never had someone need me sexually before. Neil had had Carla for that. But this moment isn't about them, so for the first time in 400 days, I force my thoughts to stay in the here and now. I lock eyes with Easy as I shimmy out of my underwear. He stops mid-step and groans, fuck. I'm glad we're on the same page. Same paragraph, he says, throwing the condoms onto the desk so he can rip that big belt buckle open. I step forward and cover his hands. Let me. Same fucking sentence, he says, as his hands fall away. I keep my eyes on his as I unbutton his pants and slowly pull the zipper open. I push his jeans and boxers just far enough down his legs to free his dick. When I cover him with my hand, his head falls back on a groan. I squeeze and stroke him, just enough to feel him harden in my grasp, and then I reach for a condom. He tilts his head back to watch as I open the foil wrapper, grab him again, and slowly roll the latex into place. What's your name? He growls at me with a laugh as he grabs my ass and lifts me onto the desk. Tisha, I moan. I've never moaned my own name before. He grabs me behind the knees, spreading my legs wide. I feel obscene and beautiful. He caresses my knee with his thumb as his other hand grips his erection and moves it toward my opening. My name's Bobby, he says. You don't look like a Bobby. I gasp as he teases my opening with the tip of his dick, short for Roberto. I grab him at the waist and pull him closer inside me. I like easy. He smiles.
So do I. But I don't want an easy ride, I say, as I move a hand to the back of his neck and pull his mouth close. I want you to fuck me hard. Can you do that easy? His dark eyes are dancing with arousal and mirth. Neil never looked at me that way. When he thrusts fully into me, we both groan. I sure fucking can. He growls and then kisses me. I can taste myself on his lips. I wrap my legs around his waist. He starts to fuck me in deep, strong strokes as his tongue and teeth punish my mouth. The room fills with the sounds of our bodies slapping together and the desk banging against the wall. All I can taste is my sex on Easy's lips and the slightly bitter note of tequila underneath. All I can hear is Easy's moans and panting breaths. All I can feel is his hard dick exploring every inch of my pussy, his hands pushing my legs open, and the small tremors of another orgasm on the horizon. I'm near tears when I come, shuddering around Easy's shaft. He fucks me through that release, dragging it out until I'm an incoherent mess. Then he grips my hips and pounds into me, riding me hard like I demanded, until his shout eventually fills the quiet room, reverberating through my body. It's been 476 days since I walked in on my husband fucking my best friend. When Easy comes with a growling shout and my name on his lips, I decide that's more than enough time spent wallowing in the past. Lord listeners, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. That was Easy Ride, written by Katrina Jackson. You can follow Katrina on Twitter at Katrina Jax. That's K-A-T-R-I-N-A-J-A-X. And you guys can follow Best Women's Erotica on Twitter at BWE of the Year. Also follow us, the KMQ at the KMQ. And when you do follow us on Twitter, don't forget to let us know that you would like a free copy of Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 6. Tag us in a tweet and let us know, and we will send you a download code. As long as they are available, they are going quick. Subscribe to our newsletter at thekissmequicks.com and get our sexy episodes delivered right to your inbox. Audio production by Big Daddy Dave Carraway. The KMQ would like to thank the following musical artists. Little Glass Men. Kai Engel. Nylor, and the KMQ introduction music by Vivich. The Kiss Me Quicks Erotica podcast is a Stupid Fish production and is brought to you by Best Women's Erotica of the Year, Volume 6, edited by Rachel Kramer Bussell. Stupid Fish. Nipples. <laughs> Stop with the nipples. <laughs> I don't understand what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> like, mine are totally covered. <laughs> but I can pull it out real quick.